So serving others, does it change you? So we are currently living in a time when we aren't going out physically and having our fellowship time here at Christian Fellowship or anywhere else that we call our church home with fellow believers. How do we go about encouraging others and grow in our faith by doing this with fellow believers? I don't seem to have a story I can fall back on when I was restricted on who I could visit or go see. So I decided to look into the Bible and find an answer to that and grow at the same time. Dare I say, preparing for sermons is a blessing in itself for me. I grow exponentially every time I'm asked to speak. This is no exception. Out of the 27 books in the New Testament, 21 of them are epistles, which are letters or messages written by someone. Of those 21, 13 are considered to be written by Paul. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Out of those 13, four of them, four of them were written while he was in prison or under house arrest. So he was restricted. He wasn't let out of prison to go travel around, travel abroad, to go see someone. Four of those letters, four of those epistles <laughs> were written while he was sitting in prison. These four are all the ones that changed people that he was unable to fellowship with personally. Personally, these four have changed my life. He wrote letters to them to encourage them. Ephesians, to encourage them to walk in faith in the calling as followers of Christ. Position and role as a Christian. Practices and the way we should act. Armor of God. How do we arm ourselves? How do we put that coat of armor that God has given us? Imitating Christ. Guidelines for the healthy, for a healthy, godly marriage. Changes your married life, if you follow that one. Being saved by grace. If we're saved by grace, what more can we be saved by? Do we follow the law, or do we follow grace? If we follow Christ, we follow it by grace. Calling of apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, making the most of every opportunity. Not going to bed angry, for example. That's just Ephesians. That's just a letter he sent out. That's just one letter that he sent out in Ephesians. Philippians, joy and peace. Be peaceful. Be peace-filled. Be calm. Unspeakable joy. I'd love to say that louder. That's in there. That's in Philippians. That we find in Christ that is not found anywhere else in this world. Any worldly thing out there is not going to fill you with the joy that you're filled with that Christ gives you. You can walk in anything if you're filled with that joy. It is found in Christ alone and the peace that passes all understanding. A three-letter word, all understanding. How did he find that under house arrest? I don't know. Let's walk through it. Because he had Christ in his heart. And he meditated on it to grow and change in Christ. 
The world was outside of that. We have a Bible to look at. He didn't have the New Testament. He was busy writing it. Uh, what does that say to us? Christ is in us. He's in our hearts. He's in our minds. He's in us. The Bible is a guide. We have something he didn't even have, and he was under house arrest or in jail. He was able to find joy in his present suffering with shackles behind bars by knowing that God is in control of it all. Has anyone heard or read this verse before in Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where's Christ at in your heart? Is he there? Is he shining? Are others seeing it? Are you growing? That's Philippians. Colossians. He never actually visited there, but he sent him a letter. Refute heresy and encourage believers. Encourage others. Build them up to continue the faith grounded in Christ alone, not in the world that we live in. Where's our faith at? Where are we grounded? Are we worried about the, what's going on outside? Are we worried about a virus? Are we following Christ? What are we to do? Put on a heart of forgiveness and love. Do everything in the name of Jesus. That one, those four little words back when I was in, I think, high school or elementary, you had those bracelets going around. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Do you follow that? Do you listen to that? Are you guided by that? Remember that one. Or how about this one? Frog. Forever rely on God. Have you heard that one before? That one didn't catch on as fast because it wasn't the first one. But if we forever rely on God and we do what Jesus would do, imagine how we could change this world. Family relations. Work as if working for the Lord. Do it heartily with joy that you have a job in my case. Are you laid off? You know what? Enjoy the time at home with your kids, with your children, with your spouse, with others. And do it honestly. Do it with Christ. Do it with a heart of love and grow in it. Philemon. Written to Philemon, a fellow believer. Direct but to the point. It's a very short book. Talked about slavery. You know what? Did it really completely only talk about slavery? I don't think so. He's saying receive everyone, regardless of their status, as a brother in Christ. Grow with them. Grow yourself. All four of these epistles were written while Paul was not traveling to these places to see them in person. But yet what we see, but yet we see what kind of impact they have in our lives today. So many years later, so many years later, I mean, it's, it's that happened first part of the century. I mean, we're looking at like 2,000 years ago. So what do we do with this information? We can read it, for one. We can do it in devotions. We can grow in it. We can read it again. Now we know that it is not the first time that someone has been put under house arrest or imprisoned and made a difference in the world around them. Let us dig into what we can do and how we can encourage one another as believers and grow our faith and others' faiths. Maybe even bring others to Christ in the process. Great Commission. Wouldn't that be a great thing? The world around us changes for the better. Christians reach out 
and grow under pressure, call it persecution, call it pressure, we're restricted to not be here because of social distancing, because we want to be safe at home, we've been called to do that, whatever it happens to be. We're not here, we're not gathered, but yet we're all together. We're all Christians, we're all growing in faith. We can't physically meet at a building because of an earthly virus. Our country gets back to God that we were founded on. Is that possible? Can we do that when we don't meet together at a building? I think we can. That verse comes up again, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. When you are serving others, does it give you a good feeling? It should. Is it growing your faith? Is Christ molding us to, dare I say, love each other, expecting nothing in return? Building a fellowship when we are apart. Are we sending out letters like Paul did with the Philippians, Colossians, Ephesus, Rome, and the world? What did he do when he was unable to get there? He sent a letter. They didn't have phones back then. We can do it a lot easier. We can call up somebody. We can send them a message. We can get on Facebook. Who knew Facebook would work for spreading the gospel? There is so much technology out there that we can do and use for good when we can't meet. I've seen over the last few days just myself, the invites from others, the groups created, um, and all of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's just, it fills me with joy. Some call it unspeakable joy. It, it just fills me up, and it makes me smile, because I don't see some of these people. I mean, heck, I got an invite from somebody that I went to college with 20 years ago that set up a group, and... <laughs> Uh, did I even write it down, what, what they call it? It's, it's um, sharing God's word in your pajamas. Hey, we're sitting at home. I don't have to dress up. I don't have to put jeans on. I can use my pajama pants, and I can still talk to God and others. Oh, wow, who thought? He wrote them letters encouraging them, building up his brothers and sisters in Christ. That is what we should be doing, whether it's in a group, in a message, in a phone call, in a text. There are so many things out there. You know what? It's, it's our phones can do video too. I mean, heck, we're doing that today. We're not doing it by phone. We're doing it by computer, but that's what your phones are, small computers. Calling each other. How was your day? How was your week? How are you doing physically, spiritually? How's your walk going? Are you doing okay? Are you really doing okay? Get past the initial question. Move past it. Can I help you in any way? Some of us don't go out. Some of us don't want to for safety reasons, for any reason whatsoever. It doesn't matter. Are we helping each other? Some of us go out. You know what? I can pick you up anything but toilet paper, I suppose. And if you pick the right time of day, you can find that. And you know what? If you really, really need it, I can share some of mine too and no, I didn't go grab a whole bunch. <sighs> These are the day, there are days that I have problems and I don't think of an answer right away. 
There have been many times when I talk to someone that is a fellow believer and I am given insight. God's way of doing it, being grounded or told to do it humbly. <laughs> I talk to Caleb daily um, and there's many, many, many times that I'll pose a question or I'm walking through something, whether it's a struggle or just a question, and he'll reground me and re-humble me with an answer. Where those answers come from, come from nowhere other than God. And they keep you humble, they keep you grounded. Do you have someone like that? If you don't, find someone. Perfect time to find someone like that. Call them up. It takes five minutes, 10 minutes, sometimes 15, 20 minutes. But ask those questions. Be built up by that person. Find a fellow Christian. You don't have to meet him every day. I don't see Caleb every day. I talk to him every day, though, over the phone or by message. Tim, same scenario. I mean, I talk to him regularly. Are we built up by other fellow Christians? Are we strengthened by them? Doing this also very well may provide you confirmation that they needed from something that God told them. One of seven things to know that it's from God. I was given that confirmation actually yesterday. It's a fun little story. <laughs> so I was watching a sermon online that was sent to me by somebody else. They felt led to send it to me. So I'm about three quarters of the way through it. I don't remember which step I was on, but um, fellow believers, whether they call you or email you or text you or just tell you to your face something, and it provides a confirmation of what God has walked you through, what he needs you to do, and it was from God. Okay, so I'm busy watching this video. I'm part of this, so keep on going. <laughs> So I'm busy watching this video, and for some reason, I'm three-quarters of the way through it, I'm writing my sermon, and I'm struggling. I am struggling big time with the main reason. Okay, what's my story? What, what can I put this all together? I, I haven't went through this before. Meanwhile, I'm driving into town, and this is about, uh, oh, I don't know, what time was it? 1 o'clock, 12.30, 12 o'clock, something like that. I'd been on the phone all morning with different, uh, probably four or five different people about some different situations that were going on, and I was coming into town to uh, go to my daughter Lindsay's uh, to help for just a little bit, and I just continued to feel the Lord prompting me to call Raymond. Basically all morning, I'd been, had a phone call from Hibbing and a phone call from California and a phone call from Hibbing and, and blah, 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 and we're going on, and continually I felt the Lord telling me, you should call Raymond, you should call Raymond. Call Raymond. I continually prompting me to do that. So finally I got into town and I thought, I'm going to call Raymond. So I punched him up on my phone while I'm driving into town, using the hands-free version, of course. <laughs> and I just asked him how things were going. Were things going all right? And my question was, are you going to be ready to preach tomorrow? And I said, no, I am struggling with the main point. What do you mean you're struggling with the main point? I went upstairs. I, it's, it's, I, I was struggling with the main point, thinking to myself when I went upstairs, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know what? I got to call up Tim. Maybe he can provide some insight. Yeah, I got to call up Tim. 
And I walk back and forth upstairs. I look outside. I'm like, no, I got to call Tim. So I proceed to walk back downstairs. And I called him. My phone's ringing. <laughs> Who's on the other side? Tim. <laughs> so he proceeds to tell me, why don't you look at Paul? What? Why well, don't you well look Raymond's, at Paul? Raymond's question was, I don't, I don't have a setup for this message. I don't have a setup for this message. How am I going to talk about reaching out to people when we can't get out? I said, you know, maybe you don't have that. But Paul had that exact story. He couldn't reach the churches. He couldn't get there. And the, the, the point behind the whole thing is not, I mean, the call was okay, but the truth of the matter is, sometimes God's got somebody on the other end just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. We could have expedited this thing probably by hours had I listened that first time I felt the Lord say, give Raymond a call today, give Raymond a call today. And so the point is not the message of, the, of today's sermon, the point of today's sermon, but rather the fact that we need to reach out when we feel the... Do we believe that the Holy Spirit prompts us? Do we believe that? Yes. Two people. Barry yes. said yes. Oh, two in the back. Maybe some of you online believe that the Holy Spirit prompts you to believe that. If you do, you can go ahead and send it to us. Let us know that you feel that God prompts us. And if He does, then the point is, respond to it. Respond to it. That's part of what Raymond's talking about, is how do we get out and Touch people. Okay, I'm going to let you take off again. That was, that was the part I was involved in, and so I just thought I would jump up and share that with you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is, what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members don't have the same function. But if you follow and you listen to the Holy Spirit that God gives you, it's amazing the impact that you can have with others. How are we looking at this time at home? Are we looking at it as an inability to talk to each other or are we looking at it with eyes of thanksgiving? How do we reach others? Kind of explained that a little bit before. Can I learn how to write a handwritten letter? When was the last time you wrote a handwritten letter? I can't think of the last time I did, but this week, even with my busy schedule, because I'm an essential employee, I'm going to write one of those because I'd love to get one. Can I learn how to use this smartphone for more than just phone calls? Does it do video? It does video chat, I know it does. Who can help me? How do I go about it? Call me, reach out to the children. It's amazing what those little kids know how to do with electronics. Even my kids know more than I do. The other members of the family that you haven't talked to in months, maybe years, and see how they're doing. Bless them. See how they're doing. I, like I said, I've received multiple invites over Facebook, Messenger, phone calls, even groups on Facebook. <laughs> it fills me with joy. It's so much fun to see and talk to people that, you know, in all honesty, I haven't talked to in 20 years. 
I know they're growing in the Lord. I've seen that. I mean, it's, it's where friends on Facebook have been friends on Facebook for oh, ever since Facebook's been a thing. But, you know, other than a chat here and there, I mean, it's, it's we see what they do. We see their families grow up. Um, we don't do any more communicating beside that. But then you set up a group and <laughs> you, go th- you start going through James. <laughs> James, such a short book but a fun book, and we're going through that on uh, men's group on Thursday mornings. Who knew that that book would have such an impact on my life in so many different ways and so many different aspects? I mean, it's, it's, I've got college friends that are going through James now. <laughs> really? He has no idea what I do here on Thursday mornings. Not a clue. So what is your function? Are you an essential employee or should you be staying home? What is our role? What should we be doing? Romans 12.5 So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one, of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophesy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it for ministering He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Do we call someone today? Do we write a letter? Do we reach out to see if someone needs groceries, medications, walking their dog? Do we need to reach each other with the Bible, a Bible study, a video chat? Do we read the Bible to each other in a video chat or on a phone call? Do we provide an uplifting message to somebody that we didn't even realize we needed to do other than, you know, the still small voice? Do we pray for others while we have the extra quiet time given to us? We should be doing that anyway, but this is a reminder. We got this still, quiet, extra time we could be using that time to spend it with God. Are we in the word to find guidance that we need to provide peace for, all, for ourselves, for our families, and for others around us in these uncertain times? They may be uncertain in this world, but I know who's in control. God's in control of it all. Every single bit of it. Are we able to do that in this time of crisis? Are we worried Are we full of fear? Is it consuming you? Don't let it. Get in the word. Call somebody up. If that worry and fear starts to consume you, make a phone call. There is somebody out there that has been called to walk you through that worry and fear. Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. Do we read the Bible first or do we check the media first in the morning? Which one do we do? Like I said at first, you know, There's two sides. The Bible tells me what's going on. The media tells me the other side. Which one am I going to follow? Where do we go from here? I have been crucified. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself to me. Are you transformed by Christ in you? 
What else do you have going on? Are you letting the world consume you? Or are you consuming the world? You know what? I'm going to be that shining light where I'm at every single day. What does Christ instruct us to do? Help others. No matter where we're at, stuck at home, outside, help others. That's what we're to do, to love our neighbors. How can I do that when I'm at home? Call, email, message, write a letter. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So who should we be looking out for? Our neighbors, our fellow Christians, people that aren't Christians yet. Let's reach out to them and show them the love and the peace and the joy that we have. Let us be the shining light in a broken world. This shouldn't stop us. This should help us excel and grow in Christ and bring others to him with that peace, with that joy, with that light that he gave us and lets it grow in us. Are you in your home? Do you need help with groceries? Do you have other needs? Us as a family, as a church, how do we come together without coming together? How can we talk to each other? If you need help out there, if you need somebody to get your medications, if you need somebody to get your food, if you need somebody to get your paper supplies, any of that stuff, reach out to one of us. We are more than willing to help you. That's what we're here for. Galatians 6, 9, for those out there helping, do not, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6.2, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And I'll end with Psalms 25. It's amazing what the book of Psalms has. There's all kinds of stuff in Psalms that gives us guidance, gives us strength, gives us defense, gives us the ability to trust in God. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness. For they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. For your goodness sake, O Lord, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man that fears the Lord? 
Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all their troubles. He's talking about the Lord way back in the time of David. That was a long time ago. We've had viruses since then. We can walk through this one. We have a Bible. We have God's word written down for us to guide us. We have fellow Christians that read the Bible. And they can help us. They can provide us confirmation on the information that God has given us. So what do we do? We write a letter. We make a phone call. We use the technology that's out there today for God's good. To God we give all the glory. Amen.